everybody, welcome back to Explain Like I'm Five, the podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts. I'm Tim. And I'm Kevin. So Kevin, today we're talking about Where's Waldo? So first of all, I know this book series as Where's Wally, since I grew up in a British English system. But I think you know it as Where's Waldo? Oh, yeah. He is only called Waldo, I believe, in the US and Canada. And uh, that's because the book was originally published as a British series of children's puzzle books created by the English illustrator Martin Hanford back in 1987. It's been a huge success. It's sold over 70 million books. Uh, but actually not always as Where's Wally, since he has regional specific names like Waldo. This series of pictorial puzzle books has been translated into over you know, 26 languages and is published in over 50 countries. It is so distinctive. So how did Hanford come up with the idea for Where's Waldo? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So Martin Hanford was a graduate of the University of the Creative Arts in Kent at the time. And he was asked by his art director to develop a book of detailed crowd scenes for the children's book publisher, Walker Books. And while the book was being prepared for the Bologna Book Fair, apparently someone at Walker Books suggested the idea of adding a pretty distinctive looking character whom the reader could search for in all the big crowd scenes. And this led to Hanford coming up with the idea of Wally, you know, this world traveler and even time travel aficionado who always dresses in very distinctive red and white stripes. Apparently, it will sometimes take Hanford up to eight weeks to draw a two page sketch of the elusive Wally and the characters surrounding him. And one interesting factoid is that the subsequent books in the series, as they've been released, Wally or Waldo gets harder and harder to find. Oh yeah, indeed they have. As the book series has gone on, Wally progressively has become harder to find, and this is quite quite a fact. And how do you measure this hard to find fact? <laughs> what they've been doing is uh, they've been reducing his size on the page and also surrounding him with a lot more characters. Mm. So in the first book, Wally was on average maybe about one square centimeter. And over time, it got reduced to 0.8 square centimeters and then 0.3 square centimeters. And now between 0.2 or even 0.17 square centimeters in the subsequent books. He's also been surrounded by just more characters, you know, from the very first book, it, there was about like 225 characters on the page now to about 850. Oh, wow. And there are a number of other characters and people in these illustrations, too, with the illustrations always spread across the two pages of a book. That's right. There are all these, you know, beautifully drawn double page spread illustrations depicting dozens or more characters doing a variety of amusing tasks and things at a given location. And readers are challenged to go find a character named Wally or Waldo hidden somewhere in that group. He's identified by this very distinctive red and white striped shirt, a bobble hat and glasses. But the clever thing is that they also do is that in many illustrations, they contain red herrings involving deceptive use of, you know, red and white striped objects that might look like it's Wally, but it's not. I see. Now we've talked about Wally and Waldo in British English and in America, but what are some other names that we have for Wally around the world? Yeah, here's a whole list. So you got Waldo in the United States and Canada. He's known as Charlie in France, Walter in Germany, Ali in Turkey, Effie in Israel, Ubaldo in Italy, Hugo in Sweden, and Willie in Norway. Oh, wow. That's quite a variety. 
Now, the, the creators did not intend for this, but it turns out that Where's Waldo or Where's Wally is actually now a well-known example in cryptography. Oh, yes, it has a funny, a very um, important use as an example in cryptography in something called zero-knowledge proofs. In ELI-5 terms, the idea with zero-knowledge proof is to try and demonstrate that you know a thing without actually revealing that thing. Mm. Technically defined, it's basically a method by which one party can prove to another party that a given statement is true, while avoiding conveying to the verifier any information beyond the mere fact of the statement's truth. Interesting. So how does Where's Wally come into all of this? So one well-known example of a zero-knowledge proof is using Where's Waldo. Let's say that the prover wants to prove to the verifier that they know where Waldo is in one of the illustrations without revealing the actual location to the verifier. Oh, that's an interesting use case. Okay, that brings zero-knowledge proof to life. So how do they do it? It's pretty clever. The prover basically starts by taking a large blackboard with a small, ho small hole in it the size of Waldo. And the board is also twice the size of the book in both directions, so the verifier cannot really kind of see where on the page the prover is placing it. The prover then places the board or the page so that basically Waldo is visible in the hole. Now the verifier, right, can look through the hole and see, wow, you did find Waldo, but they cannot see any other part of the page. Oh, I see. So the prover has demonstrated to the verifier that they do in fact know where Waldo is without revealing any other information about Waldo's location. Exactly. And so that's why Where's Waldo is actually commonly used in cryptography lectures around the world uh, for this very topic. Very interesting. But unfortunately, it's not completely perfect a zero-knowledge proof, right? Yeah, yeah. if you want to be picky about it, it's, um, it's not exactly perfect because the prover does reveal some information about Waldo's location, such as maybe his body language. However, you know, it's a decent illustration of the basic concept of a zero-knowledge proof. It definitely is. Did you learn something new? If you did, send us an email. We are at eli5thepodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, especially when you have comments and suggestions for us. If you are a regular listener of this podcast, please take the time to leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts because it does help other listeners to discover our show. As always, thanks to the community at r slash explain like I'm five, and we will see you all next week.